Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, how are we feeling after a week of games? And it doesn't stop from here. So now we're fully in the swing of it. And I think I've at least, you know, I'm kind of ready for it. And it's just good to be back, honestly. Yeah, we're finally done with the previews. Um, That kind of took a lot of our time over the last couple of weeks. But finally got everything out so everybody can know what's going on this fall. And got a few football games under our belt. Got some soccer games under our belt. Even volleyball. We've been everywhere for the last week. So, um, but yeah, nice to get back back into the swing of things and seeing off everybody and uh, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, and college sports start up today and this week as well. Um, so there's just going to be plenty, plenty of stuff going on from here on out. There will definitely not be um, a lack of content that we find in the summer. Sometimes we're trying to figure out what's right about. It's going to be more zeroing in on what we want to talk about. So uh, today we're going to talk a bit about um, soccer games we were each at last night, Brian was at um, girls soccer for Sartell versus Sock Rapids, and I was at boys soccer. So we'll break down a little bit about those whilst talk about um, girls soccer kind of more. We talked boys soccer last week, um, some players to watch. We'll talk a little bit more about the girls, especially now that um, all the teams have played. So we have a little bit better idea um, of who to watch out for and who's had a good start to their season. Uh, so we'll go over that. In the second part of the show, we'll get to football. Um, we're at two games for zero week on Friday nights. So we'll uh, recap those a little bit, make our picks for the next week, and probably finish out um, with talking about some volleyball, where there's also been a lot of games already going down. Brian, anything else before we get it started today? No, just a partridge in a pear tree, you know? Basically. So I think we'll start with soccer, like I mentioned, and we'll go to your game first, Brian, since you started at 6 o'clock, mine was at 7 o'clock. So we'll go with yours. We'll give you the coin flip that way. Um both games we were at last night, pretty lopsided, um, especially um, just considering they've been a little closer the last couple of years, especially Soccer Rapids has had some better teams um, in recent years, had some decent results against Sartell, or at least close for stretches. But last night, it seemed like kind of from the get-go, Sartell um, took control in the girls' game. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much, I mean, like you said, right from the get-go, Sartell was able to score and they kind of kept that rolling for most of the game. Um, Chloe Turner had a really good game offensively. She scored a hat trick with three goals. Started the game with a goal and with about, mm, I think it was about eight minutes in, um, she scored a goal. They almost scored a goal about a minute in, um, but just, just barely missed the goal um, and took an early lead. And then um, Reese, Reese Klotzer, she, she was able to um, get a penalty kick goal um, Chloe Turner actually was going down and was about to kick it and then got tripped up and inside the box. So Reese was able to take that penalty kick shot and, and made it a two nothing lead. So or sock rapids came back and, and kind of um, put a little bit of uh, some pressure on, on Sartell um, with a goal from Emily star. But then right before the half ended um, Madden, Madden, Madden Quinn, she was able to get a goal with about, I think it was like a minute and a half left before the before the end of the half. And so kind of momentum shifted into Sartell's favor. And Sartell honestly had the momentum of the majority of the game. It just kind of looked like Sark Rapids was a little gassed. Um, they, it, it, I mean, they only have, they have a small amount of people on their bench. So they were kind of trying to flip through people um, throughout the game so that nobody had to play like the entire game. Um, but it was tough. It, you could tell that, you know, that first couple games, because I know they played East Grand Forks um, on Saturday and lost 4-2, to two, but it just seemed like they were a little bit gassed um, early on in the season. So I'm sure that'll fix up and, you know, things will be going in the right direction for them. But, um, yeah, just 
a really good game for them. Chloe Chloe Turner scored two more goals in the second half to get that hat trick. Um, and overall, just a really good game for them um, to start off the season. They were supposed to play last week, um, but due to the rain and, and everything, they, it got postponed. And so this was actually their first game of the season. So Roy Snyder said he was very happy with what he saw um, for, the, for that first game. And obviously some things are going to be um, – there's going to be some improvements and changes as they get more into the season, but overall a, a really good first showing for that, for that Sabre crew. Yeah. And I know you wrote some takeaways on the website um, this morning. Um, do you want to just mention kind of the one or two things that stood out, especially um, kind of with how the Sabres got that win? Yeah. I mean, the first takeaway that I had was goals, 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 which like I said before, Chloe Turner had a good, good outing with that hat trick. Um, just being able to have three different players score on, in your first game is obviously a little bit of a sigh of relief. That front line for them is coming back strong um, with Madden and Chloe, um, Chloe and and then also um, Reese. Just a bunch of familiar names taking over that front line, and, and it, it becomes more familiar. They understand each other. They know how to pass to one another. Um, but on the, off, or on the other end, defensively, it's a whole new defensive line for them. Um, but they do have two captains over there, Ella, um, Ella Angle and Ella, um, or Allie Angle, my apologies, and Ella Simons, um, or Simmons. She, they're both captains, and they they have been a big crucial role during practices and such those first couple of weeks, from what Roy Snyder said. Um, but to, last night, honestly, you, it, if I didn't know that they had a new defensive line, I wouldn't have guessed because their communications was really high. Um, their goalie was kind of yelling out calls to different different people. Um, they ran towards the ball and was able to get the ball. Honestly, they really didn't have much of a shot. Sock Rapids didn't have much of a shot against that defensive crew. Um, they got one goal in, and that was kind of due to a small mistake that led into a bigger mistake. Um, but overall, just they ran towards the ball. They They talked to one another to make sure someone was guarding another person or whatever it may be. But... Yeah, they just they had a really good defensive structure, and and I think it's just going to improve from here. Yeah, it was you know a good result for them to start off the year, and on the boys' side, it was kind of a lot of the same. Um, you know, they don't return many players. I think they only returned maybe, um, you know, maybe five or six varsity players. I'm trying to remember from when I wrote about the boys, but it's it's not a ton, especially starters. There's not a whole lot back, so there's a lot of. Um, change for them as well but they got started off early with a game for a uh, goal from Matiko Nuis um, penalty kick goal after um, one of their players got taken down in the box right away um, so they had that early lead and they kind of just rode that throughout the game um, you know they kind of just continued to create chance after chance for each other and it just showed that um, you know Sock Rapids they were able to to get quite a few saves, clear a lot of balls when it got kind of dangerous there in the box. But Sartell just kind of kept coming and kept bringing in different guys to um, come off the wings and create chances. And um, they continued to kind of finish them. I know Kyle Fisher, he had two goal, uh, two assists, and he also had a nice one of the assists came off a corner kick um, that he lined up really well for Zach Bakula, who put that in in the second half. Um, they were up two goals in the first half. Um added two in the second half pretty early on and then kind of just cruised to that win. Um, they could have honestly had eight, nine goals with just how they were attacking in a couple um, chances that just went wide, just went over the net um, and a couple good saves from Gavin Emery for uh, Sock Rapids too. So um, the Storm did have a couple chances. Um, Eli Moylanen had a header that um, almost went in in the first half off a corner. Keegan, uh, Keegan Fahm also had one that nearly went in on the break once or twice. So the Storm did have their chances. They were just a lot more kind of far and in between and Sartell um, just kind of looked a lot more tuned in to start this one. And, and like you said, I mean, you kind of were talking about that rivalry and I mean, it's a nice rivalry between Sartell and Sock Rapids. Um, I guess just talk about kind of, it seems like Sartell has been kind of the, the dominant figure in that, in that matchup for the boys. They have been for a long time and that's why it's been, um, you know, kind of surprising the last couple of years. I know two years ago they tied a game I was at, um, last year they tied a game I was at. Sock Rapids actually upset them in sections two years ago um, by the score of two to one. That was kind of a big surprise. So um, the Storm have had uh, a pretty good, you know, kind of run in the matchup recently. So um, you know, I was kind of expecting a little closer game. It's a little 
it's hard to know when it's going to be. It ended up, like you said, for the girls. It was also for the boys. You know, it was first game of the year for uh, both teams in this case. So a lot of unknowns coming in. Both teams have seen a bit of changes from last year. Um, so, I mean, there was there was a lot of unknowns. And Sartell just kind of came out um, came out stronger, came out looking like the better team. And we'll see if Soccer Rapids, it seemed like kind of one of the big struggles for them was just being able to work it out of the back, piece it from their defenders to their midfield and attackers where they have a lot of talented guys that are back um, that have played a lot of minutes. But when you're kind of not on the same page, you're having a tough time getting through Sartell's midfield. who kind of kept taking the ball, um, keeping it on the storm end a lot of the game. It's hard to get in a rhythm. And that um, that seemed to kind of really hurt them in the game. So um, I think the Sabres probably, they could have, like I said, chipped in on a couple more of them. Um, you know, as the season goes on, they might be a little more clinical in front of goal. Um, creates, you know, create a few more chances at the final third there and score some of those goals. And if they do that, um, I think their offense, you know, has the chance to score a lot of goals. And uh, Billy Vogt in goal two um, was really strong, made a couple of good saves. He didn't get tested too much, but he's, um, you know, a multi-year starter back there too. So um, a lot of nice pieces for the Sabres that came together last night. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think for us, like you kind of were mentioning, it's hard to tell how teams are going to be first game or second game into their season. Um, some of these matchups, you kind of hope that they were kind of more towards the end of September, maybe early October, because then you have a couple weeks to at least be able to see what teams are able to do. Because by, I mean, my I, my my prediction would be by the end of September, early October, after three weeks or four weeks of play, we'll kind of know who's the top people in that conference and which teams are going to be kind of in the middle pack. Um, and so it's just kind of, it's hard because it's like you, you have these really good matchups between Sock Rapids and Sartell and you're honestly just trying to kind of get your feet wet um, in the season right now. And so, um, but no, overall, I mean, two good games um, last night and plenty of content for people to look at. So like I would, like Zach was saying, um, some takeaways from from the girls' game is up there, as well as a couple of photo galleries from Zach's game, as well as my game. So um, plenty of stuff to look at at, at sctimes.com um, from last night. But for you, I know earlier in the week um, you were able to publish a story on kind of players to watch for girls' soccer. Uh, maybe just kind of take us through a little run-through of what players we should expect to see um, kind of stand out, as well as some teams that could be, you know, making that run towards sections and possibly state. Yeah, I mean, a couple were ones that you kind of already mentioned that have, you know, shown well in the first game. Reese Kletzer, who's a, you know, junior midfielder that got that goal. She's, you know, one of the two starters coming back, has the most experience, really talented in the midfield, all-state player. So, um, you know, she has big things ahead as well. So she was kind of the top name of people to watch. Chloe Turner, who as you said, got a hat trick. And the big thing was her, you know, she led them in goals last year with 11, even though she came off the bench um, for that section title team that had so many seniors. Um, so she's already represented well. Um, so those were two from Sartell that were especially standing out. Um, for Sock Rapids, there was Maggie Fernholz, their goalie, um, who, you know, she's had a couple good years. Um, multi-year starter, stays pretty confident back there, um, kind of leads the team from, between the posts there and is probably the most reliable part for them. So um, for the storm, she's someone to look out for, you know, um, she didn't get on the scoring column last night, but her younger sister Gabby is one of the top forwards in the area too. She scored over half the team's goals last year. So um, I kind of expect her to, as the games go on, probably start to find the back of the net a couple of times within the next week or two, just um, with her talent. So those were two in your game last night. Um, a couple other players from, um, other teams around the area to watch would one would be um, Hadley Baines from Cathedral senior defender. She's a multi-year starter for them. Um, you know, they had a bit of change, but they don't have Tori Anderson anymore. So there's a couple new goalies um, stepping back there. And I know they lost their opener last night by a couple of goals. So it might take a little time for them to, um, you know, fully hit their stride this season compared um, to last year, but kind of in the midfield and middle of the defense, they have a lot of players back Um you know, like Peyton Mathiason, um, like Hope Schuler, who scored a goal last night, um, like Megan Corbett, who moved up from defense to midfield. So um, Crusaders have a lot of pieces back, especially the big thing um, to mention for boys and girls soccer and a lot of sports for Cathedral is with a lot of these sports expanding to three classes, 
um, in Cathedral staying in the smallest class, I mean, they're not going to really be playing with teams they've played any of the past years. I mean, last year they are in sections with Sartell and Tech with, you know, three times as many kids or more. Um, so I know they're um, they're really kind of cognizant of that, aware of that, that they probably have a better chance to get to state than they've had in you know, the past how many years with those classes expanding. So um, I know they really want to make a state appearance, make a state run, and a lot of that's going to come um, from kind of relying on that veteran leadership for the Crusaders. So um, they have a lot of pieces back. Um, a couple other players um, to look for is Jana Benson from Tech. She's a sophomore defender, um, three-sport athlete, also in basketball and track. And um, she's back there with uh, senior Megan Bartlett that the Tigers, they did not, you know, kind of their big thing last year. They couldn't score many goals, but they didn't allow many goals. So, um, you know, they had five ties, even though they didn't get a win. A lot of them were 1-1, 2-2, you know, 0-0. So um, I know they're very focused on taking more shots this year, um, their coach told me, and just, you know, being more confident, being more aggressive in that way. But, you know, that back of their defense is um, returning. They also return their goalie. So um, I expect Tech to kind of be one of those teams that um, can keep any game close, kind of like they did last year. Um, and that's kind of what led to any success I would expect them to have this year. And then last, um, Olivia Tronback from Ricori. Um, she was one of the two players that scored goals for them last year. She's a four-year starter at forward, kind of that central midfield. Um, and she's going to be one of the captains that I know. Um, their coach, Grant Johnson, he mentioned this year, instead of just kind of kicking it long um, and just firing it down the field, hoping it finds someone they're going to try to control the possession more, kind of move it around um, and hope that leads to more success for them this year. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot going on with a lot of these teams. All of them kind of got in action for the first time. Um, last night, a couple tough losses. Cathedral lost 5-1, to one, uh, Ricori 7-0, um, and Wilmer uh, beat Apollo 6 nothing. So um, kind of a tough start for a lot of these girls' teams, but um, playing some pretty good teams in the Central Lakes, a lot of those cases – um, are some pretty good programs um, in other conferences too. So we'll see kind of how they bounce back um, from that first game. But uh, yeah, those are kind of some of the big names to watch. I would say that um, all the coaches I talked to, they felt pretty strongly. Those are going to be the leaders for their team this year. Definitely. And and I know for us, I mean, most of these teams should have had at least one, maybe even two games done before um, to the, yes, last night we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, but uh, the rain from last week was just insane. I mean, I came back from New York after they had their small hurricane in, uh, on Long Island, and I think I brought it back with with me. So I apologize to everybody in the central Minnesota area for bringing back all that horrible stuff. But also, I think it was good because I, I know we were in a drought, so might not be a horrible thing. But uh, but anywho, um, it's yeah. not terrible. The timing could be better. But yeah, <laughs> to not get it all in one weekend when when everything started. Because on Saturday we were both at cross country, um, which was we had five of our teams, which we love when a lot of our teams are competing. They're all at um, at the VA by Apollo competing and um, Cathedral was I would say the standout in that one. They won on the boys side. We're second on the girls. Um, had some good performances but you know we went we left there probably i don't know 11 o'clock by 11 30 tornado sirens are going off and um, i'm hiding down in my basement i'm hearing the hail hit and it yep. kind of came out of nowhere so yeah it was but friday football was beautiful we somehow didn't have any rain for that not sure how that worked out um, yeah. we're supposed to have storms for like 12 hours <laughs> straight so um yeah i guess the weather just wanted to wait until the high school season started up to get to get fun yeah, I remember being on the phone with my dad on Saturday, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't look that bad. And then all of a sudden it just turned green, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to get away from the windows for a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, hopefully, I know some rain's supposed to come tomorrow, but hopefully the rest of the weekend looks really nice, especially for Labor Day, because I know that's kind of the last hurrah before the fall season hits um, and takes full strides. So, um, but yeah, I guess other than uh, other than what you were kind of saying, anything else to add regarding um soccer at all yeah i was just going to mention a couple performances from last night we had on the boys side had a little more success um then the girls side recory won three to one over hutchinson um tatum metzger had two goals i know he's kind of moved up from more de defense to forward position this year for them um recory got their first win after losing their first game of the year uh cathedral started strong seven nothing over little falls 
Um, Zach Plant had three goals. Connor Drone had two goals and two assists. And Chandler Hendricks had two goals. And talking to their coach, Alex Hess, before the year, he those were kind of the guys he said to expect to score a lot of goals. And they all did right off the bat. Um, so they're looking strong as well. And I know they're poised to, to, like I mentioned with the girls team, they think they kind of have a good chance to possibly make a state run. So um, starting off on the right foot and then Tech, as always usual, scoring a lot of goals, <laughs> seven to one over Detroit Lakes. Um, Kadar Abdi with two goals and assists. Um, and Abdi Rahman Ise also with two goals and an assist. So, um, you know, kind of year after year with them, a lot of their attacking guys are usually seniors or upperclassmen. They leave, they kind of wonder where the goals are going to come from. And they have a ton of guys that can score them that step right up. So um, a lot of those teams starting well to the year, along with Sartell, like we mentioned, having four different goal scorers in that 4 nothing win last night. So um, boys soccer putting up a lot of points um, to start the year. and could be a lot of teams um, trying to make noise for sections in state. Yeah, and, and kind of going off of that, Tech, just being able, like you said, you know, people stepping up, not only did those two get two goals, but I mean, overall, you had seven people that either had an assist or a goal um, in the game. And that just shows a lot of um, versatility on, on that offense for, for the Tigers this year, which is always a good thing to see right away when you start off the season. So, um, but yeah, I think that'll kind of wrap up the soccer segment for us. Um, make sure to stay tuned. We'll be coming back here and talking a little bit about football from last week, as well as previewing the upcoming football matchups. We have kind of a two-night um two nights of football as well as even a third if you include St. John's on Saturday. So um, plenty of football coming up here this upcoming weekend. So stay tuned and we'll be, we'll be talking more about that here shortly. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Uh, we're going to start going through a little bit of our games last week we got to witness, and then um, we'll get to our weekly picks, as is going to be tradition kind of going forward here uh, week by week. So, Brian, um, your game was, well, closer. Um, you know, also, I mean, it was close kind of till the end. It ended up being close. It looked like it wasn't going to be. Your game ended up actually being um, a pretty fun one down to the wire for Sartell versus Tech to get the season kicked off. Do you want to? Um, just kind of just give your general perceptions kind of from what happened in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sartell was able to get the 22 to six victory over tech on, on Friday. But honestly, when you look at 22 to six, you're kind of like, wow, that's a, that's a good margin of victory. But honestly, it was very close until the very last play, honestly. So, um, a very good game, very close game. Got to see quite a bit of kind of what Sartell and Tech have to offer. You, you don't really know until the actual ball is hiked because you can go through previews and go through all the different practices and everybody says that their team's amazing because why not? You know, nobody wants to say anything otherwise. Um, but both teams looked very solid. Um, for me, the thing that kind of took me a little bit um, was just how good Cole Hentges was looking um, at quarterback. You could see that he was comfortable at that position. He knew his wide receivers. Um, he had a handful of running backs behind him that could that could pretty much do whatever they needed to do. And that balance between passing and rushing was very, very strong. Honestly, I was kind of hoping to see more passing um, because at the beginning of the game, Cole found, um, I believe it was, I think it was um, Aiden Lang, um, over over as a wide receiver and, and he made a really nice I think it was like a 49 yard pass to him to get them into um, tech territory and it was just a really nice pass and then they then they ran it and Gavin Schulte was able to get in for a touchdown from 10 yards out um, to get the first to get the first touchdown but after that they kind of went back to the running game and I was kind of hoping that they would get into the passing game because Cole looked really good and um, they were able to run some really nice routes and use kind of all of the field, honestly. So, um, but after a while, they started to get back into the passing game, and you could tell that you know things were becoming more and more comfortable as as they went on in the in the game. But 
um, yeah, overall, just a really good game. Um, I would say it was also Tackle Cancer Night, which everybody was wearing pink, and um, all the student sections, most student sections were wearing pink, which was confusing, but also really fun to watch because um, I was trying to figure out who is what, and then I found I found a sign for Jaden Mendel, and I was like, okay, that's tech. Okay, I got it. Um, but, but yeah, overall, just a really fun night um, for to open up the season. Yeah, there was, you know, it looked like a pretty good one. Like you mentioned, I mean, one score game until that last pick. So, um, you know, Tech definitely um, didn't back down when they got down early, showed a little bit, like you mentioned, to to keep it close. So um, I think that could breed good things for them as the year goes on as well. And I was out for Recory versus Becker um, at Becker to start their year, which um, was the last place Recory had lost since their 14-game winning streak, you know, back in 2019. So, um, it was going to be a big test no matter what. Becker had a lot of good pieces coming back from a team that um, only lost by one to Ricori last year. So it was going to be a big task. Um, and the Spartans just kind of weren't up for the challenge, really, with just such um, a new team coming together, um, new offense trying to figure it out at the same time. And, um, you know, the defensive backs, there's a lot of young defensive backs, too. They played um, well, for the majority of the game, other than, you know, a big play they got over the top to begin the game, um, I thought they looked a lot better in the second half and they kind of kept it contained. So um, there's good things going forward. Um, some of the big takeaways were that, you know, they had zero turnovers. They didn't allow a single sack. Um, and Jack Spanier looked really strong, um, you know, kind of scrambling, looking for receivers, um, trying to find them. He didn't have any problems with that. It was just kind of connecting on a lot of those passes, it was just a tough day for them um, finding openings. So uh, that's something that's going to have to improve. They only they had less than 100 yards of offense. So, I mean, you're just not going to win a high school football game when that happens. It's it's pretty simple. So that's going to have to improve. But they also only had three penalties. So the discipline was definitely there. I mean, that wasn't a problem. It just was kind of creating explosive plays, um, making big things happen just wasn't um, wasn't in the recipe. I mean, Becker looked like an incredible team. They're probably going to be one of the favorites in 4A. I'm sure when we start getting rankings here, them coming out week to week, they're going to be one of the top teams. Um, and they have Carter Callahan, who's six foot one, 230-pound running back that he ran for 100 yards and he just kind of didn't have an answer for. Um, and also their quarterback, uh, Ryan Benson, looked really good. He completed seven of 11 passes. He also ran a little bit, so... Um, Becker just kind of had everything rolling and Ricori looked very much like a team that only returned one or two starters on each side of the ball. Um, and in high school football, that's, that's a tough thing to do. So, um, I expect it to improve. I expect they're going to look probably a lot better this week and in the coming weeks when we get to see him again against a couple local teams. But, um, I mean, I think, I mean, it was definitely a good wake up call. They definitely know what they need to improve, where they need to improve. Um, and it's in a lot of spots. So I would, I would expect pretty big strides the next couple of weeks from them. Well, and, and if I know anything about Ricori, they they usually, um, like you said, like a wake-up call. I mean, usually they bounce back pretty well, so um, they'll be hitting the road this week. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a good contest um, on Friday when they when they play Delano. But um, in case you didn't know, um, earlier this week, Zach started his um, weekly offensive production um stories for football so basically every week he'll put out a story early in the week to let people know who's the top um rushers who's the top thrower or passers um wide receivers all of that type of stuff he'll also throw in some um highlights from the week or the weekend before um on that friday um and just kind of be able to be show off some of the stats that some of these kids have been able to produce um throughout the last few weeks so um, he'll keep building that throughout the season until we hit, you know, postseason and such. Um, so just definitely a, a good thing to look at after you're done with all the weekend stuff. And, you know, you're like, oh, how did everybody do again? Um, Zach and Abel was able, it will be able to provide you some statistics and analysis from the from the weekend before. So make sure to check out SC Times for that as well. Um, but this week, um, I mean, also to kind of point out, we also had another game. Um, Apollo played Hutchinson. Hutchinson got the 44 to six victory over over the Eagles um, to put them at 0 and 1 to start the season. So looking to bounce back this upcoming week. Um, but I think we'll kind of head into the previews for this upcoming week. Um, 
should we start on Thursday? Because now it's kind of confusing because we got Thursday night football and Friday night football. <laughs> yeah, so this week's going to be kind of the last one. Another thing we're going to be doing going forward is um, doing a story, kind of knowing you know a couple things to know what to look out for each week um, with just how weird the schedule's been with the zero-week games, the as-usual kind of Thursday-Friday games week one. Um, wasn't really going to happen this week, but um, we're planning next week to kind of get back on that schedule going forward for the rest of the year. So we have two, we were going to have three games. Now we have two games on Thursday because tech got moved to Friday. Cause apparently Moorhead was doing construction there and either cut power or something where they couldn't um, play on Thursday or it wouldn't be ready in time. So they moved their game back to Friday. Um, so they're on the road for that. So uh, we're down to just two games on Thursday where Brian and I are going to split up um, and kind of tackle separately. So we have cathedral versus, uh, New London Spicer at home for Cathedral back at SCSU for the first time in um, nearly two years. Um, and then we also have Holy Family traveling to Albany that Brian will be out at. So um, two Granite Ridge Conference teams, um, you know, and other sports, um, you know, obviously different districts for football. But um, both those teams getting to start up their year on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, for for both of them, both starting off the season this week, so um, not a whole lot to see from last week because they didn't play. Um, but the thing that we know about Albany um, from my, from the preview that I wrote was, you know, they they bring back a couple starters from last year's team, but they have a lot of um, a lot of guys that are stepping up and in, into different positions um, that understand the tradition of Albany football. So um, Carter Beer is going to be your your lead running back for um, the Huskies this season along with um, a couple other guys. You know, you have Hunter Tate as well as their quarterback, um, LaQuay Jefferson. So those that trio will be very strong for Albany. They also have a very um, a smaller offensive line, but a, an athletic offensive line, um, starting off with um, Declan Crumley as well as Luke Buttweiler, um, Thomas Odenthal, bunch of different guys at the front line that will be able to push some of these people so that they can get some lanes going for their running game. So, um, and then their defense has always been a pretty stacked group and a little bit of an easier um, matchup this week with Holy Family. Um, last year, Holy Family finished the season one and six. Um, so a little bit of an easier start for Albany this upcoming year. The only, the only win they got Holy Family got was against Cathedral. Um, I think I was at that game for Halloween. Um, but, yeah, so definitely a, a good matchup for the Huskies just to see where they stand, um, especially early on with a newer team um, this upcoming year. Yeah, and um, for this one, I'm going to be picking Albany just back at home, um, you know, like you mentioned, against a team um, that won't be kind of expected to probably beat them. I guess we'll see because – as we said, we really don't know anything because <laughs> neither team's played yet. Um, so it's tough, especially these first weeks, to make picks just like last week was for a lot of those zero-week games. But in the end, just Albany's consistency, having those guys we do know that are back, um, that have that varsity experience, and then just kind of how they step into roles. I mean, they've been so good for so many years in a row now. Um, it'd be pretty shocking for any other result than a win for the Huskies um, on Thursday, I would say. Yeah, I'm I'm picking Albany as well, and so is Dave. So the three of us both are on the same mindset. Um, but uh, Dave and I will be out there for that game. I guess for you, you were able to look at Cathedral a little bit, maybe talk about that matchup between um, them and New London Spicer. Yeah, New London Spicer had four wins last year. Um, Cathedral only with one. There's been a couple of years for Cathedral with either no wins, only one win. So um, I know they're hoping kind of in year three of the offense and defense they're in that that can – um, bring some good results for them. Um, these two teams met two years ago all, around the same time. I think it was only week two and New London Spicer won 44 to seven. That was the last time the two met. So um, I'm sure Cathedral will want to, you know, not have that kind of same result, especially back on their home field for the first time they played at, they played at tech a couple times last year, but they haven't been back at Husky stadium, which is their usual home field um, in two years now. So, Return with that, um, you know, they have Jordan Schumann as their quarterback, um, good basketball player as well, and um, they're really looking to him to be kind of the leader for them as a quarterback usually is, but just in many other ways, just like, you know, adjusting between plays kind of on the fly, getting people where they need to be. Um, a lot of that on-field stuff that 
seemed like he was doing a pretty good job when I saw them at practice. So um, he should be a good option for them passing and um, tall guy that can throw the ball as well. So he's going to be really big to their success. Also, Evan Wallen, um, he's a senior running back, defensive back, um, was one of their top guys in tackles, rushing yards last year, um, and will be kind of that main guy they're going to give the ball to a lot of times each game that they expect big things from. So um, there's a lot of other pieces that are, those are the two guys, um, two of the captains that really stood out to me that especially offensively are going to be huge for them. Um, there's a lot of other guys that are back kind of in some of the skill position roles, linemen um, that have a little experience, but they did graduate quite a few guys last year. So I'm excited just to get out and see them Thursday um, after getting to see them at practice, uh, see what they look like on the field for the first time together. Yeah, I think for the for this one, we're going to be doing, um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a back and forth of wh- who's going to take what. Um, Dave chose New London Spicer for his pick. I'm actually going to be going with Cathedral just because um, I think they have a good shot. So um, I'm going to I'm going to choose Cathedral and try to be the, the difference and keep bumping that lead up because um, I'm already tied with Dave as a perfect record after last week. No big deal or anything. Um, it's crazy how th- 3-0 can go to your head so quickly. When... <laughs> well, after last last year. Yeah. I, 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 mean, that's, I, I remember Randy game. started 6-0 and like the first two weeks last year. Ended up like with 10 or 11 losses. So, I mean, it can happen in an instant. So, um, you picking them makes give me even more of a reason. I was going to pick New London Spicer anyway, but that just gives me even more of a reason um, to catch back up with you and if Dave's in first, too, I mean, that, I'm okay with that, too, just as long as you're not in first. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is kind of how the recent results have been. Um, obviously, they're going to be different teams this year. We don't fully know since they didn't get to play each other um, in 2020. But um, I, I'm hoping for a good effort from Cathedral. I'm hoping to really see some good things. But um, just with how it's gone in the past, I'm going to go with New London Spicer in this one. Okay. And then I guess kind of moving into Friday, um, four games on Friday's schedule. Um, Tech is heading out to Moorhead. Wilmer's going at, are going to be hosted by Apollo. Ricori is heading to Delano, and then Sock Rapids is playing at Sartell for that rivalry. So um, I think the first one would that I will be going to with Dave on Friday night will be Sock Rapids and the Sartell game. Um, obviously. First game for the Storm this season, Sartell. This is their second game. Um, bunch of bunch of things that we learned from Sartell last week was their passing game is strong. Their balance between rushing and, and passing is very very um, good. Their defense um, is, I mean, pretty sound. They, like I said, six points against Tech. Um, Tech is has a pretty decent offense. Um, so just being able to put them. To only six points shows you how strong that defense is. But you're also facing off against the team, the Sock Rapids Storm, which is very, very veteran-based. Um, a lot of experience from last year. Um, a lot of guys comfortable in their positions. They know how to communicate with one another. Um, and, I mean, I think it's going to be a really good game. I, I really do. I think it's going to be down to the wire. And, honestly, it's going to be one of those rivalry games that, you and I kind of hope for when it comes to those crosstown rivalries. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great one. It's, you know, Sartell does that have that advantage of playing an extra week, um, getting to kind of put it together for the first time on the field together. A lot of guys that have played in this game a couple times, or might've even played two years ago um, was the last time they matched up. We also didn't get this matchup in 2020. So, you know, there's, it's hard to know what's going to happen. It's really tough to make this pick, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Dave's picking Sartell. Um, I will probably be picking Sartell as well. Um, I know it's going to be a tough one. I know that for sure. And um, obviously between the two local teams, um, you don't really know what to expect, especially since you haven't been able to see Sock Rapids play at all yet. Um, But I think just with the fact that Sartell was able to get that first win, kind of get that momentum going, head into this week, they looked really good last week. Um, I, I just have to go with the Sabres this upcoming week. Yeah, it's it's fun to go against you. So I'll go with Sock Rapids in this one as well. But I do think um, I'm just excited to see the Sartell offense against the Sock Rapids defense because Sock Rapids does have a, little, a lot of good tools on offense, but their experience especially comes on the defensive end with a couple two- or three-year starters back there. So um, 
I know Tech, there was, pro- there was more new guys back there kind of um, than the Storm have coming back. Um, so it's going to be kind of, I think, a step up with um, just with guys that have been there before with how they face this week two matchup. So um, a lot of those guys also have done some good things on offense. I'm excited to see um, Dom Mathias kind of throwing the ball around again this year after some good games last year. Um, and I haven't got to see Sartell yet. I've only seen Sock Rapids, so it makes it kind of hard to to base the judgments, but I'll go with the Storm in this one. Definitely. And for you, I know you'll be heading out to Apollo for the Wilmer-Apollo game. Um, maybe talk about that matchup a little bit. Yeah, this one will be interesting, too, because um, Wilmer's kind of been up and down the last few years. Two years ago, they kind of had a, a tough season, and then last year they bounced back um, and were one of the better teams in all of Class 4A for a lot of that year. Um, had some really good games against Becker and Ricori, and um, that's just a really stacked um you know, district, especially that Apollo are in. It doesn't, as we mentioned, um, I think last week, it doesn't get much easier as time goes on with teams like Hutchinson and Wilmer and Becker and Ricori and all of those. Um, so this will be another good uh, good test for the Eagles. I mean, Wilmer was 6-2 and two last year. Um, they ran the ball a lot. They were really successful with that. Um, so, you know, with they do, Apollo does have the advantage of getting to play a week, unlike um, most teams, one of the few in the states that did get a game last week. So um, we'll see kind of where they're at. Um, I know Andrew Carls, he he threw for 100 yards, and he also um, was able to kind of use his legs a little bit there too to try to get out of situations. Um, so we'll see if that if that boils over to this week as well, if he can, um, you know, kind of boost up those numbers a little bit, see where that takes the offense. So um, I think he has that dual threat ability, so that'll obviously help. But um, Wilmer's kind of a question mark for us so far, especially because, you know, we haven't seen them. We haven't been out to, you know, not a local team. So it's hard to know with some of these, especially when they're playing these teams kind of out of the way and we don't have a couple weeks to to back it up on. But uh, with their success in the past, especially last year, I think I'll take Wilmer in this one. Yeah, no, I think for us, uh, Dave and Dave said that he's going to be picking Wilmer. Um, I will be picking Wilmer as well. It's tough. Um, I mean, losing 44-6 to six to start off your season, I know Hutchinson's a really good team. So I know I think before we talked um, in the last podcast, I said, you know, I think Hutchinson was going to win. But I really wanted to see um, if Apollo could put some points on the board. They put six up. I think they can probably do more this year, this week. Um, I don't think they'll win, but I'd like to see them continue that offensive production and see if, if they can put some more points on the board. Um, because they do have some, um, I would say, easier games coming up um, as they get ready for that mid midweeks um, area. So um, Wilmer definitely should probably get the win on this one, but um, we'll see what happens because, like you said, we haven't been able to see Wilmer play at all yet. So um, stay tuned on that. But then um, Tech and Moorhead are going to be facing off. Uh, Tech, like we said before, got the loss against Sartell, they're looking to even up the score, but they are facing a tough task against Moorhead. Seven and zero last year. Granted, they are lo- Moorhead is losing some of their key guys, but um, I mean they are just basically stacked. Moorhead is. Um, they they have they have a lot coming back, and um, I I don't suspect Tech being able to get the victory. I'm probably going to pick um, Moorhead for this one, as as will Dave. So, um, but be interesting to see how they do against, if you're talking about a, a, you know, a strong defense, Tech has been talking about how good their defense can be this year. So um, this is going to be a good task to see if they can actually step up and, and rise up to the occasion because Moorhead has a very explosive offense. So it'd be good to see if they can stop them and, and be able to minimize their points. Yeah, they won't have their all-state quarterback back, but they still, like you mentioned, will will have guys that got experience last year and have um, a lot of skill. You know, it's a long way up there, long drive up there. We'll see how Tech does kind of on their first road trip of the year. But, um, yeah, I think I'll be picking Moorhead in this one as well. A pretty um, tall task to start the year, but um, we'll see if Tech can kind of keep it close like they did with Sartell. And lastly, Ricori heading out to Delano. Um, kind of a team that... Not not many people know about around here with Delano. Maybe talk a little bit about that matchup. And um, Delano was one of the few teams that actually got to play zero week last week. 
Yeah, that does make it interesting just because, like you said, it's probably the only matchups in the state where you have two teams um, coming in that both do have a week of experience. So it's been a game that Ricori's um, done really well in in recent years in their matchup. Um, even when Delano went to state two years ago, Ricori beat them by 20-something in the regular season, beat them by 20-something in the postseason, um, played them on a neutral field last year and beat them. So um, they're well-versed in kind of playing this team, but Delano was able to get a 27-26 to 26 win over Chisago Lakes last Friday, um, and they were able to put up 21 of those points in the first half. Um, after it being kind of down early, tied, they uh, they managed to get a lot of big plays, and um, they did a lot through the air. They threw for over 250 yards. Cade Bruitt did. Um, he was 12 of 23 with two touchdowns, and Mike Kruger had six catches for 176 yards and both touchdowns. So, um, you know, that connection will kind of be big. That will be an even bigger test for the Spartans, like I mentioned, with um, you know, freshman, a sophomore, defensive back that they both played pretty well last week. But even all the guys are, you know, only have a game or two of varsity experience under their belt, especially the starters. So um, that'll be a tough test for Ricardo. Really show. I think if they can, um, if they can come out at all and show some resistance, maybe create a couple turnovers, knock down some passes. Um, that'll keep them poised well for when they're going to face Sartell the following week. Definitely. So I guess for for me, um, Dave said that he's going to pick Ricori for this for this matchup. Um, I'm going to go the opposite end. I'm going to pick Delano. Um, I I just think from last week, just seeing some of the stats from Delano, um, that passing game is really strong for them. So um, be interested to see what happens. I think it'll be a lot closer of a game than than um, than what probably in the past few years has looked like, but. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick Delano for this matchup. I'm going to pick Delano as well for this one. Um, maybe me picking against Ricori will now make them win. I don't know. I don't think it works that way, but we'll see. But I just think it's this, you know, unlike last year where they just kind of hit the ground running with their first game, it's going to take a couple weeks, a lot more patience probably to see what the Spartans can become throughout the year. Um, I know they even had a couple of guys kind of banged up, starters banged up at the end of the game last week we'll see if they're you know fully recovered for this week um but it'll be a big test again they go on the road they start their first three games on the road so um it's tough to win on the road a lot of times especially against good teams so um there's a chance they're you know they could start 0-2 or 0-3 or something and still kind of rally and be a good team this year so um they just going to kind of have to keep taking steps and this will be another um big step they need to take if they want to get the season rolling yeah, and for us, I mean, coverage-wise, like we said, we'll be at two games on Thursday night, two games on Friday night. We'll have a roundup for both Thursday night and Friday night matchups, so make sure to check out sttimes.com Saturday. Um, while Zach is over at St. John's covering that game, um, I will be working on some takeaways from the two different nights of football, as well as kind of doing a feature story from, from one of the games um, this upcoming week. So plenty of football content over the weekend so make sure to check out sd times make sure to get a paper whatever it may be um, a lot of photo galleries some videos some um, different stories so plenty of stuff coming your way um, as we get ready for week one i guess you would say it's, it's yeah, weird. yeah not zero week but z- week one i guess now of, of football so um yeah gonna be a lot of fun and i i mean it's always nice to have two nights of football so yeah, it'll oh, be three nights of football. Yeah, for me, it'll be three. Well, two nights and a day of football. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. St. John's kicks off their season Saturday against Aurora, a team they played in um, the D3 postseason last, uh, well, two years ago, last time they had an official game. Um, it was 51 to 47, crazy game. Um, and they're playing, a, you know, playing a good team like them right off the bat. So a lot of local guys that will probably a couple at least that we'll get to see in that game especially on the sidelines as always but a couple on the field possibly too so um yeah great time for football all getting kicked off um and just looking from numbers too it seemed like people really liked the previews um and all this stuff that's been coming out so uh please keep reading that as well so uh i think that'll lead us through our football section so we're going to take um our second and last break and then we're going to talk a little bit of volleyball and kind of close the show out 
um, after that. So stay tuned. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We're going to finish up the show today talking a bit about volleyball. Um, there's been a couple big matches this first week. And then Brian also was the one um, that just today, actually, his preview of um, kind of players to watch got published. So we'll mention a couple of those as well as the season starts off. Um, Brian, I know you also saw um, a couple teams play in the Albany tournament last week, kind of their early bird tournament that kicks off the season. Um, do you want to just let me know, uh what kind of stood out from that as well, seeing a couple of those teams play for the first time? Yeah, it was kind of fun. Um, just the fact that you didn't have tournaments last year. So it was kind of fun to just see a bunch of teams all together in one big area. Um, Albany hosted the, the tournament and it was, I think it was like maybe eight to 10 teams that came. Um, Albany, Cathedral and Recori were the local teams that played. And Recori did really well. They actually finished in the first place pool. Um, Cathedral and Albany were in the second place pool. So, um, I mean, some really good matches for, for everyone. I think the big thing was was I hadn't talked to Cathedral or Recori before heading to this tournament. So I had no idea what to expect from them. Both of them very solid teams in my mind. Um, a lot of turnover for Recori this upcoming year. But um, girls definitely were stepping up and taking over some of those positions. Cathedral, I knew that they had a handful of veterans, and they definitely showed that veteran, um, that veteranness early on, um, just with what they were able to do on the court. Albany, I think it was just more of just seeing some of those familiar faces. Um, you know, you have some veterans on the hitters, um, you know, both middle and outside, but also just kind of getting more familiar with some of the newer names that are going to be taking over like Paige Myers role and um, Haley Thielen's role and all these different people. So um, it was just nice to kind of see how everybody was able to do. And um, yeah, some really good matches between, between all of them. Cathedral and Albany, they both really started off Granite Ridge play um, with good performances last night. They both had those first conference games. Cathedral uh, won three sets to one over Malacca where, Eleanor Pelzel had an insane night, 20 kills, 22 digs, five aces, just um, incredible. And Kayla Sexton also had 14 kills and 13 digs. So um, they're off to a good start. And also Albany won a pretty crazy five-set match against Foley. They lost sets two and three, but came back. Um, They won the fourth set 26 to 24. And won the final set, it went all the way to 16 to 14, um, where they were able to come out on top of that for the Huskies to get a really crucial win. So um yeah you know really good start uh to the season for both of them kind of getting battle tested there and kind of going into the top players to watch for this upcoming season on andrea majarzik as well as samantha van heel those are two from albany that i put down in in the top 11 players to watch you can check out that preview at sctimes.com uh, both of them on andrea was able to get 14 kills as well as um, samantha getting 12 kills on against foley on tuesday night um, also on that team, Kendall Bierman, she's kind of replacing Paige Meyer as this new setter. She had 35 assists last night as well as 11 digs. So she's kind of stepping into that role pretty well. Um, cathedral wise, um, if I would have known how dominant Eleanor was going to be, um, early on, I probably would have put her in, but, um, I did not include her, but I did include Kayla Sexton, um, just being, such an all-around player for the last couple of seasons for Cathedral, as well as Caitlin Voth. She's a um, middle middle blocker for the Cathedral. Um, very tall, um, kind of establishes a presence in that in that front row area, um, and so she's going to be a senior leader for them. That's going to kind of carry the team quite a bit. Um, also from uh, um, Tuesday night, Brainerd beat Tech three nothing. Um, we actually went and saw Tech earlier um, last week on Thursday night, um, but Grace um, Karachi was able to get 19 kills uh, against Brainerd last night in only three sets, which is phenomenal. And then Arissa Peterson was able to get 31 assists. 
Grace is on my um, top top eleven list as well as Sarah Harris. Um, she's their libero and kind of a veteran of the team, um, being a three year um, returner for for them this upcoming season, as well as Grace being a three year returner. Um, so someone to kind of look out for there. Sartell got the three nothing loss against Monticello um, last night. One of their leaders, Avery Templin, is going to be back. She actually tore ACL early in the season last year. She's on my um, players to watch for Sartell. Um, she didn't get to play volleyball last year. She didn't get to play basketball last year. So just kind of a heartbreaking season or year for her. But now she's back. She's ready to go. Um, and she's hungry more than ever to, to be able to kind of prove herself on that Sartell team. Um kind of how their head coach Andy um, described her was she's a gamer. Um, she just kind of wherever the ball is, she goes after it. So um, be exciting to see her back on the court again th- this year. Um, for Sock Rapids, they return a lot of players. Um, they have a lot of depth, and Karen Beckman is very excited, their head coach, for what's going to come this year. Um they have five returners coming or five starting returners out of the six. And one of the main ones is Darcy Peter Peterson from um, she's a senior. She was a dynamic player for them last year. Um, and she's going to be one of their leaders this year as she gets ready for her senior year. Um, she can play all around and she's going to be a very crucial part of their, of their success this season. Um, joining her on the list was um, I just have to look down. Kieran Hurdler, um, she's their setter. Um, she's also a senior. Um, she had 236 assists in 35 sets last year. Um, she knows everyone that's basically coming back because everybody's returning. So, I mean, some good communication from that Storm team and could be very crucial for them as they get ready for the season um, and could be looking for one of those top spots in the Central Central Conference, Central Lakes Conference. Um Lastly, um, Olivia Schroeder from Ricori. She's kind of one of the, I believe it's one of two or one of three um, returners back from last year's roster. Um, she will be kind of one of their leaders this year with eight seniors on this team. Um, it's it's kind of a do or die year for, for the Spartans as they get ready for this season because of how many seniors are on this team. Um, but all of them kind of doing their part whether that's on the bench or on the court, um, whatever it may be. So, but and then lastly, the la- the the last girl that was on my team or on my on my players to watch was Noelle Hackenmuller from Apollo. She's been just a force to be reckoned with every single year. Um, and with the new head coach Michaela Ladenbach, she's excited to have Noelle on the team as a senior this year. Um, she's already kind of made a presence. They 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 won last week in in their match, and so. Um, but she was on all metros last year and I expect her to be on all metros this year with, with what she's capable of doing, um, throughout the season. Yeah. A lot of talent there. I know Sock Rapids were just interested to see how they come along. I remember even just last year and I, I think I saw them play Ricori and there's really good stretches they would have. It was just, they were still young and kind of inexperienced and a couple things wouldn't go their way and kind of sets would go the other way. So it'll, I think it'd be kind of cool to see if they can kind of flip that this year win the couple points to, to turn matches that way. So, yeah, a lot of good players to look for. Make sure to check out Brian's piece on sctimes.com about that. Um, and anything else, Brian, before we wrap up today? No, just kind of getting back into the normal routine. I know Labor Day is coming up, so things are going to be a little different. But um, overall, for the next eight, nine weeks, we're going to have games Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sometimes even Saturday, I think. So um, plenty of stuff coming your way as we get ready for this upcoming weekend. So make sure to stay tuned to sctimes.com. This is also um, our 50th podcast, um, which is quite cool. Um, I mean, I know for us it was kind of we, we pitched the idea when COVID was happening and we're like, you know, let's let's see what happens and see if people are interested in doing this podcast. And um, you guys responded with quite a bit of good comments. Um, a lot of people are listening to it. So just thank you from the bottom of our hearts to be able to do this is a lot of fun. Um, I know Zach and I look forward to Wednesdays, just getting back on here and recapping and then also just having some fun as well. We, we, we enjoy 
covering all these different teams and all these different players. So, um, but yeah, 50, 50 episodes. I, I didn't think it was possible, but it's it's really cool to see it come full circle. I would have done a special celebration if I would have known that beforehand. This is the first <laughs> time hearing of it too. So, um, I guess we'll do something fun for the hundredth or some other anniversary celebration in another year. We can do that, but. Um, yeah, like we said, I'm going to be at the Cathedral game. Brian will be at the Albany game on Thursday, both of those for football. Friday, football as well. I will be at Apollo, um, and Brian will be there for Sartell versus Soccer Rapids. So um, after week one, technically, we'll, we will have seen all seven football teams. So we'll have a pretty good vision of kind of what can uh, be happening this year and what to look for um, in the weeks ahead. So. Um, I think that will about do it for the podcast today. So once again, thank you for everyone for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.